Good afternoon and welcome back to the Messy Financial Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 1st. I am Felipe Medina, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President with IHG Wealth Management. And I'm Chad Sewell, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President with IHG Wealth Management. And like always, before we dive into the heart of the podcast today, we just need to satisfy uh, our, our compliance side of things. So information mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Investments involve risk, and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. IHT is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. And with that satisfied, Chad, boy, we had a uh, wild ride here uh, the last few days here since thanks since Thanksgiving. So I know you know you and I have probably been answering some questions from clients. Um, first, you know, I think we probably to cover what's sort of been happening. You know, why some of the things are happening. We'll kind of dive in a little bit deeper, but. You know, I, starting Friday, you know, equities around the world sold off pretty sharply. Um, basically, it was market panic around the newly termed Omicron variant of COVID. You know, as has been pretty much like, like the case before for the last 18 months, you know, financial markets have reacted to any kind of new COVID-19 development, as the old adage says, fire ready aim, meaning basically markets often are just sort of, let's take all the risk off and then kind of see what happens there. So you know, that, that being said, you know, you and I have spoke many, many times about, you know, headlines driving this market, especially, you know, lately. Um, are there any headlines that you're paying close attention to right now? And, and I know there's some that I will, that I'll touch on, but anything in particular you're watching and looking at? Well, I think the, <clears throat> the obvious headline has been the Omicron uh, variant, right? The, and I think that, you know, as we've talked about, which we'll dive into more of, of the foundation behind uh, the sell-off too. But you have headlines that, you know, especially in today's day and age, just run the market. And, uh, you know, what we had on Friday, and as we're sitting here, we're recording this after the close of the market uh, today. So we had Friday, big sell-off. Monday, a slight recovery, um, but Tuesday, big sell-off. And then today, another big sell-off. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, what we had on Friday was, it was destined for failure. Um, Thursday night, you had the, the headlines start to roll out about this variant that, that appeared in South Africa. And, and, you know, as you said, it was, uh, uh, ready, fire, aim. Um, you have, the, the 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 day in and of itself is such a tough day for for trading because it's a half day of market. So you know normally the market closes for us here in Arizona during this time of the year at two o'clock. On Friday, Black Friday, it closes at eleven a.m. And so much like how gravity works in day to day life, it works the same thing inside the market. Is you know things get sold off and fall so much quicker than they do uh, than they rise, right? And so we had some bad news and we didn't have enough volume out there to, to offset some of the, some of the, we didn't have enough 
buyers to offset the sellers. And so, you know, just, and, and it's kind of seemed to be the same theme for the last couple of days of just overzealous on selling. And, you know, to me, and I'm interested to get your opinion on this, it seems so overblown for where we're at. You know, this isn't the first time we've seen a variant and, and not to, not to say that it doesn't have, you know, concerns or anything like that, but like this reaction seems so irrational relative to how we even handled the Delta variant. Yeah. And I I tend to agree with you on that. I mean, what we're seeing, the market seems to be reacting to basically these four major things, you know, panic over Omicron variant, panic over Powell's testimony, you know, where he reflected both fast tapering and the removal of transitory inflation from some of the things. So if you're not familiar with what 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 Fed, Fed Chair Powell said just the other day, he basically kind of sort of shook the markets a little bit on Tuesday, or I guess that was yesterday, uh, when he said basically the central bank is expected to discuss, not start, but discuss speeding up the taper of the 120 billion a month bond buying program. You know, basically, even with the disruption of Omicron, the Fed chief chef, uh, chief said that uh, things are reducing the pace of the monthly buying bond buying program can move quicker than the 15 billion a month schedule that they had announced previously. He basically also stated that he doesn't feel the taper needs to be a disruptive event for markets and that they've telegraphed the path that they were moving forward. So I I tend to agree with you, Chad. I think the market, you know, is overreacting very, very heavily to some of these, these headlines. And, and today seemed like one of those days where I think the computers kind of kicked in a little bit. Uh, and what I mean by that is those algorithms, those trading algorithms that they see any sort of uh, negative sort of uh, headline uh, and they're, they're tasked with either buying or selling. And when it's a negative headline, they're tasked with selling. When it's a positive headline, they're tasked at buying. And, and I think today was one of those days where we saw a, a huge reaction. I think the market was up almost one, one and a half percent and then finished almost down one and a half percent. So we saw a 300 basis point move in, in the market, which is is very rare. And it was Everything was doing really, really well until I think it was midday when I think the CDC came out and said that the first confirmed case of Omicron actually came out in California. Uh, So, you know, again, overreaction to a lot of things we've been seeing. We've been seeing this in the past, especially these last 18 months. The market, you know, wants to move, you know, violently in, in one way or the other. And when we get these positive notes, we get huge moves to the upside. But when we get these I guess, ne- quote unquote, negative remarks, you know, the market kind of sends it to taper off pretty quick. So. Yeah. And I, going along those lines, Felipe, it's, I, I think what you were talking about with regard to Jay Powell, I think um, illustrates the point that we're making of the overreaction is, and you, you, you repeated the word of discussing the uh, discussing speeding up tapering. So again, nothing's been put in place. Nothing's actually happened, but just the idea that this has been floated out there, the market just reacts. Now, that's I think in a in an easy to explain, um, quick, concise expl- or explanation of of why we think the market has sold off. But you know, leading into this, I, I think to be fair overall, though, as we were talking to our clients towards the end of. November, one of the things that we saw structurally is that there was some, what appeared to be some short-term weakness. And, you know, when we were looking at it through some of the technicians that we followed or that we follow, um, technical momentum indicators, something like a MACD 
had a negative slope, um, which supports the idea that we're going to see some kind of contraction. You have the Elliott wave structure. You have a number of different technical measures that would support the idea that we were going to see something that was going to put us around a three to 5% pullback. Now, anytime you see this, it's, it's almost done with a caveat of we could see this pullback. It doesn't mean we will. And so I think that because the technicals were showing this, and then you have these, you know, down these negative headlines, it, it increased in the speed for the sell-off. And, you know, as we're sitting now, I think from peak to trough, Felipe, maybe you can double check my numbers, but I think we're right around that 5% yeah, number. I think, I think after today, we're, we're right, pretty much right on that number. And I think you made a great point there that, you know, the market was already setting up to have some structural overall weakness and, and, and possibly retreat. And these headlines just sort of, you know, chopped out the legs proverbially of, of the market and, and had it fall down. So I agree with everything you're saying that I think that there was some already some structural weakness out there with some of the tacticians that we follow, like you said, and these these new headlines just sort of kind of where's the icing on the cake. Yeah. And, and so part of that was what, what the storyline going into even before Thanksgiving was that we thought maybe towards the end of this week. So December 3rd, maybe even into the beginning of next week that we would see some of this weakness in the market continue. And, and quite honestly, um, with what happened yesterday to see the market trade up as much as it was at the start of the day, to me was a little bit more surprising than, you know, having a negative day. Now how the, how it transacted throughout the entire day to me was a little bit more surprising that it was up as high and then sold off as much. But, you know, I think the, the line of demarcation that we've had is somewhere around 4,500 before we see this bottoming out. Um, and then what we still think, what has been our base case and what we still believe as we sit today is the answer is that the market will settle itself out and, and rally to the year end and, and kind of our, where we've had as a short-term um, barrier has been is you know up to the early parts of next week, maybe even trend into the middle of next week before this thing starts to stabilize. Um, and a lot of that's backed under the idea of why we think the year-end rally is going to exist is there's just too good of economic data that's been coming out. Um, you know, if you look at it from just over the course of the last week, some of the stuff that's come out is, you know, third quarter GDP was revised to 2.1%, which was right aligned with, with where, you know, consensus was last week, unemployment cl claims reached a 50 year low and it was just under 200,000. If, you know, we talk about this from time to time, not only with clients, but on these podcasts is earnings have been another great season, uh, another great quarter of earnings. And if you look at it uh, year over year, we're up 40% on earnings. Now, understood that last, that the third quarter of last year wasn't exactly uh, a bellwether quarter. You know, we, we were coming off of the, the bottom of the pandemic, but that 40% increase year over year was 12% higher than what consensus was. And so both from a, from a, at a corporate level and then at an economic level, the fundamentals out there are extremely strong to support what we've been saying for a while of the S and P 500 getting somewhere around 4,800 by the year end, which still, as we sit today, we're in support of. I'm glad you brought that up, Chad, because again, I think even I think it was today or yesterday, 
I think ADP's private payroll data for November uh, came out and it was, I think it was short, uh, you know, 534,000 jobs were added, which was above the, you know, 506,000 expectations. And then like you just talked on earnings and I think earnings and economic data, you know, are still a, a providing a, a nice foundation for the view that we have, you know, earnings like you had touched on are up 40% year over year, 12%, 12 percentage points above the consensus. And then you have to think about this, you know, how good have earnings been considering the challenges that are out there for a lot of companies, you know, supply chain issues, material issues, labor shortages, global economy issues. Uh, so you got to think that even with, with all those headwinds that they were able to come through and, and, and have the number that they were having, you know, just shows that the resiliency of a lot of these companies out there. And that's why we, we do believe that, you know, we're going to test that 4,500 number and we're still above it as of right now. I think we're at 4,515 or 4513. So we were sort of right around where we thought we would might get to, uh, but with that year end rally intact. Yeah. And if you look at just a few other bullet points, you know, some anecdotal data, um, one thing maybe on the, the, the broad spectrum, the economy, um, we were looking, you and I were on through the research reports we get, we were looking at this just the other day of looking at TSA throughput for the last couple of years. And from 2019, 20, and 2021. In 2019, this, the, the chasm between that and 2020 was pretty noticeable. But if you look at the travel right now, even with all the variants that have been going on from not only just what's happening right now, but with Delta, the travel and the TSA throughput has stayed almost, or is right bumping up against 2019 numbers. And what's, a, what's important to note of that is that's being done in absence of a lot of corporate travel. Now, who knows what corporate travel will look like moving forward, but as time goes on, I, th I think most would agree that we'll have some measure of return for corporate travel, maybe not to what it was before, but any additional you know, output there would, would be advantageous, right? Um, and then like just from you know, kind of a, a technical measure is, you know, we, we just had two days where 90% of the equities were sold off, right? So the, for every one being bought, nine were being sold. And generally that's a sign of market capitulation where, you know, that bottom is starting to settle itself for the next run up. And so both from a fundamental and from a technical um, analysis, there's a lot to support our thesis that the market's going to continue to run up. It's just these, these moments of, you know, we've had a pretty rough couple of trading days where, you know, the band-aid's been ripped off and those aren't by any stretch of imagination fun to, to deal with. And it's, you know, frustrating for us just the same. And it, it, it's sometimes, it's frustrating because it doesn't always make sense, but it's the market. And, you know, when fear and emotions run supreme, this is what we can get. And so whatever it, sometimes it look, we look at it from the standpoint of whatever it takes to get to where we need to get to, you know, that's long-term outlook. And I think this short-term pain is, is here in the next few trading days, um, at least as we sit right now, soon should be alleviated. Yeah. I'm glad you brought, brought up the TSA throughput because I really wish I was reading one of the research reports, that, um, I think it was yesterday, and I wish I would have written down this quote, so don't quote me on it, but it was basically had something to say that uh, the, 
the summary was the, the drop in oil prices um, was pricing in as if no airplane will fly for the next three months. That's how, how crazy the drop in price has gotten and the price of oil has gotten. So he, his point was, it doesn't make any sense that even if there is a new variant out there um, and, and travel is reduced, the drop in precipitous drop we've seen in, in, in stocks and especially in oil have uh, has really been just over overly dramatic and, and just not rational. And that's, I think what we come back to is this is not a lot, a lot of rational selling. So, yeah. And, and one thing to go along with that too, is and you've seen it with some of the airline companies that have are down 20% over the last couple of days, right? Like that's a big drop for one stock in, in a small number of days of trading in coming off the heels of at least since Thursday night, the data that has come out thus far has been, you know, pretty supportive of the fact that th- they don't feel that this is um, <clears throat> far more aggressive. Now it might, it might have higher trends, uh, uh, is it transmissible? Is that the word that I'm looking for here? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know what you're, I know where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, moving from one person to the next, that the likelihood of transmission is a lot higher, but, um, it, it seems like the, you know, those who have the, the cohorts that have gotten it haven't had, you know, these, these terrible reactions, which, you know, again, I, I don't mean to mitigate the impact of COVID or anything like that. It's, it's a serious virus that's out there, but I, it just seems like, the new mutation um, seems like from the scientific community not to be much of a surprise. So I think that as we have adapted to this point, we're going to continue to adapt and adjust and move along and, and we'll figure our way through that. And, and just the reaction by the market is not akin to the news that we've been given thus far. I agree with that. And you've seen that and again, we're not doctors or anything. We just kind of go out right. and research reports and things like that. And, you know, you know, like you said, Delta was a lot more transmissible, if that's the word we're going with, um, than the previous one. But it didn't it wasn't as as deadly, supposedly, quote unquote. Uh, and, and that's what they're saying. I think there are two reports I've read that are out there. And, and again, I'm not 100 percent sure on these facts, but the one person who did have the Omicron virus in California, the symptoms were very, very mild. So hopefully that's the track we're going on. Yes, we're going to continue to get mutations of the virus, but it's going right. to be less and less deadly and, and as, as we move on. So, Yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's one of those that obviously we continue to monitor and, and stay on top of. And, and just like you pointed out, I mean, we're, we're far from doctors or scientists. It's, it's just one of those that we're looking at this and, and trying to relate okay, what the information that we've seen thus far and how that, that uh, pulls into the market. And I think that, you know, effectively the last couple of days have just been a perfect storm of low volume end of the month. So we've had some window dressing trading. We've had some technical structural issues that have supported this. And so all this to be said, you know, where we sit right now is far more of a glass half full than half empty. We think that again, as a summation of our points today, Yes, this has been a violent few days. Uh, yes, this isn't fun to go through, but we think that the end of this consolidation is is nearing, and uh, we should see some some lift going to your end. And again, still our number being S and P five hundred, somewhere around forty eight hundred. Yeah, I think that was a great way to put a bow on it, uh, covering up what what we talked about for this podcast. So so thank you again for 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 tuning in and listening. And again, if you have any questions, please. 
don't hesitate to uh, reach out to uh, Chad or myself or your financial professional. Again, I hope you have a, a wonderful uh, Wednesday afternoon and we look forward to you tuning in later. Thanks again.